Welcome in, everyone, to the What Comes First podcast. Uh, my name is Keith Cantor, and it's great to be with you today. And today we have a special guest, Dr. Natasha Ganim. She serves as a managing director and principal consultant at Lion Leadership, a firm dedicated to helping executives and leadership teams cultivate best-in-class talent, effective processes and systems, as well as strategic goals that drive accountability. Her team is made up of 20-plus professional speakers, coaches, consultants, trainers, and facilitators, all dedicated to building strong leaders and ambitiously self-sustaining companies. Prior to Lion leadership, Dr. Ganim served seven years as an award-winning faculty at the member faculty member at the University of Georgia, Go Dogs. Uh, <laughs> and spent six years in the Department of Institutional Effectiveness at the Savannah College of Art and Design. Uh, Dr. Gannon currently serves as an executive coach, leads seminars for Fortune 500 directors and executives at Emory University's Goizueta Business School. Did I get that right? Got it. At, ranked eighth nationally in executive education. Natasha holds a PhD in sociology from Emory University with specialization in emotion management, workplace authority, and conflict. That sounds scary, Natasha. <laughs> sounds like you could just sounds like you could just reach in and like grab my soul and and shake it around. <laughs> a lot of people don't like working with through <laughs> conflict, so it makes me marketable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you have a very impressive bio. And just really quickly before we kind of get into the meat of the podcast today, but what is really rewarding about this work that you're doing with these really incredible leaders in these teams uh, that you work with? What is What are some of the rewards for you? Oh, there are many. But first, let me say, Keith, thank you for having me on your podcast. Um, the fact that you even thought of me to come talk about this topic made me uh, quite humble and intrinsically joyful. And so that goes to answer your question. Uh, when I work with people, um, it, helping them organize and strategically run their companies, they find benefit and they see results and they have these aha moments. And when things start clicking, it just warms my heart to know that I played some part in, in making that happen. Now, I like being behind the scenes. I don't need to claim the glory or, you know, reap all the financial successes, but just knowing that I provided a small part in helping someone's life a little bit better makes me really happy. Well, I just had an aha moment. I may not have talked about the topic in my introduction, but today's topic, we're going to talk about mission, vision, values, because First Community Mortgage, even after 21 years, we really took the investment of time to redo. Uh, we, we, we looked at our mission, vision, values, said they needed to be updated. Um, we thought that they were an integral piece of our, our future and our growth. So we, we put a lot of time in mission, vision, values. And today I wanted Natasha to come onto the podcast to talk about the importance of that work and how that will impact our organization moving forward. And hopefully we can learn what to do, what not to do, and uh, and just get better uh, from, from this work. So when I talk about mission, vision, values, you know, some out there may yawn at that. Um, they may say, well, you know, it's it's our company has it on the wall. And yes, I look at it and we kind of we all agree it sounds good, but, you know, it doesn't really matter. And, you know, how does it contribute to the overall success of the organization? And I would just ask you, Natasha, how does that how does it why is it important? Yeah, well, there are so many ways I can answer that question, but most broadly, 
the reason I lean on mission, vision, and I hear you a lot of, even when I'm start, starting to work with clients, they're yawning mission, vision, values. I say, what's the mission of your company? And typically I get this, um, you know, this look of a, of a leader leaning back in his chair, her chair. They say, hang on, let me get to the website. And they pull up their website and they tell me what their mission is and what their values are. And I'm like, okay, we've got to start there. Okay. You want your mission and your values to roll off your tongue easily because they fit you so well and they're so integral to the running of your organization. But to to more po pointedly answer your question, a group of people sitting in a room together is not a group or a team. It's just people sitting in a room together. So when you think about, okay, well, what makes 17 people sitting in a room together an actual team, an actual high-performing group with emotional connections and relationships and bonds and um, interconnected dependencies on each other to drive results? Like, how do you go from 17 you know, people sitting in a room to a team? And one of the ways you do that is through having a common mission, a common goal. Uh, common competitors and common values, not just having those sentiments, but having the language around them. Because when people share language around things that matter most to them, and they share language around what their collective goals are, now you got a team, now you got an organization, and now you got people working collaboratively together. Yeah, you mentioned the word collaborative. What word kept coming to my mind was alignment. Right. How can you effectively serve your team and, and accomplish your mission if your team's not aligned? Aligned and clear. So yeah. what missions do and what values do and also, you know, clearly stated strategic goals is they clarify exactly what people need to be working towards. And you would think it's obvious we make a human error that what's obvious to us is obvious to everyone else especially as managers and leaders. What's obvious to me is obvious to everyone on my team. That is not true. We have to use our words. We have to communicate exactly what's obvious to us, exactly what's on our mind, exactly what we want to have happen in order for everyone to conceptualize it, uh -huh, to want to have it themselves and to drive towards it. Yeah. Do you think why we might be experiencing some workplace frustration is team members don't have the clarity they need? Like they don't have the vision of the organization. They don't have the mission. They don't understand really the core values that are holding the company together. So they kind of come in and maybe they just feel fuzzy and lost. Absolutely. And I talk about this all the time when we're talking about employee retention mm -hmm. is employees have always through all generations, but especially today, they want to know exactly where they fit in an organization. And for the people listening to the podcast, you got to you, you got to see my hand motions here. You, <laughs> they want to be able to see an organizational chart and they want to see their shadow box in that org chart and they want to know exactly how they fit in. They also kind of want to know what's my career trajectory in that chart. But most importantly, they want to know how is what I'm doing every single day contributing to the larger mission and the larger goals of the organization? Why does what I do matter? And for organizations who don't intentionally create an environment whereby that question is constantly answered for them, then you're going to have some slippage. Uh, the the emotional bond and loyalty to the organization, those those uh, sentiments and are not going to develop. And so that employee is much more likely um, to slip out of the organization into another one where they feel where they can feel more fitted and nestled into a puzzle that makes sense to them. 
Right, right. So, and that makes total sense. And really our goal with this whole release of the mission vision values is to drive it down into the organization where it's not just the thing on the website or the thing on the wall. So from your expertise, because you've been doing this a long time, we've just released this out to our team members. We're starting to work through it. We're doing a values of the month. Like we have six values over the next six months. We're going to highlight a value each month, this month that happens to be service. Um, what are some common mistakes companies tend to make when they roll these out? Like what I want to do as a leader of an organization, I want to hear from an expert like yourself, what not to do. So right. what, what are the things I shouldn't do? What are the things I should do? I know that's a big question, but what are, what would you tell me to do as far as being a, a, a leader and an integrator of this great work that we're doing? I like that word integrate, right? Because mm -hmm. you want to integrate your values and your mission into the day-to-day -day operations of your business. Um, and I'll talk about that in just a minute, but I'll say what you're doing right now is so impressive. Um, in fact, I'm going to use it as an example when I'm coaching other clients um, to have a special podcast on um, all six of your values, right? So you're sharing with your organization why these values are important, why they matter, how they show up at work, how they can show up at work. And it's also a learning tool. So people in the organization, when I walk in and I say, I grab someone in the hallway and say, hey, what are your values? They can say one, two, three, four, five, six, and they can list them off. That's what I want to see. Because when I walk into companies and I grab someone and say, what are your values? And they say, hey, hang on, wait a minute. Let me go look at the website. I'm worried. Uh, right. But you're right. So there are um, companies go through this exercise and then it lives on paper. Maybe it even lives on a wall, but it doesn't go any further than that. So you're right, there are some things to do and there's some things not to do. The number one thing not to do is to fail to even try, you know? Mm. You don't want to hire the signage company and then stop working on it. Um, you want your values to come up daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, and annually. And there are a couple of very practical ways that we can do this. And my favorite way um, to, to start this work is to think through what we call the employee life cycle. So mm. when you think about an employee life cycle, there are a couple of stages. One is the attraction and recruitment stage mm -hmm. where they even just hear about your company and they think about applying for a job. The next is, you know, kind of the interview, the hire, the onboarding stage. The next is the um, development and performance management stage. The next is the growth, right, and promotion stage. And then eventually there's going to be an exit stage. Not everyone's going to stay with your organization for the rest of their lives. Um, in fact, that's really uncommon. So planning for the exit upon their entry is a reasonable thing to do. But when we think about those stages of the employee life cycle, you have to ask yourself, how are our values and how are our is our mission imprinted on each of these stages? So very practically speaking, on um, is your mission and your values listed on every single job description out there? You know? Mm. Is it a part of, um, are you asking questions in the interview process about your values and about your mission? Are you asking their references about your values and how that person exemplifies these values? Um, when they're onboarded, um, you know, if one of you, I'm looking at, you know, your, um, your values right here, respect, excellence, teamwork. When they're onboarded their first week at FCM, how are these values showing up from their receiving end? Mm. Are they seeing teamwork? Are they seeing excellence? Are they seeing respect? 
So something like um, making sure that they have a handwritten note from their manager and a gift basket, you know, kind of going the extra mile to show excellence. Um, having everyone who they're going to be working with know that person's schedule for the week shows that teamwork is important. So it's a learning opportunity to infuse it through the onboarding process. And of course, when we talk about performance management, I preach this all the time. You hire on values, you fire on values, you promote on values. And so if the va the values need to be in those forms, they need to be a part of those com that conversation. Yeah, yeah, that's I remember when we did some work with you on the on the initial phase of the values and doing our mission, vision, value work, you were talking about hiring and firing to values. And it's something that I hadn't heard before. And uh, it really makes a lot of sense. And I was just curious, um, you know, we've had employees here at FCM that range from, you know, we're a 21 year old company. So we've got some employees that have been here a while and seen different iterations of the company. Um, I would hope that they're going to be very excited that we're kind of taking the mission, vision, values up a notch because in the past we haven't really used our values. While we have them, they were just kind of unwritten, if you will, and we didn't really use them in the hiring onboarding process uh, to maybe use them as a filter. So I would, I would think that our older employees would be excited that we're going to be really serious about the people that we're bringing into an organization that they care so much about. Yeah, I think they'll probably be the most excited because right. they've seen what happens when there's that foundation isn't there. And they mm -hmm. know what happens when they have an employee whose performance is kind of maybe lackluster, not too great, not too bad, but they can't put their finger on it. And they know this is not the right person for the team, that they mm -hmm. could get another person in on that team who could take the team to the next level, but they can't quite figure out why it's not working and it's usually because it's a values rub they're not you know demonstrating one of your core unwritten values but now that they're written you can say look um your integrity is in question with this project you know your drive is in question based on your performance you know the degree to which you're getting along with your teammates is not there that's important to us teamwork matters and these are things that you can coach people towards improvement these are things that you can put on, you know, a performance improvement plan for, because these are the things that the organization demands. And to your point, the, the people who've been with your organization the longest are going to appreciate this the most, because they also are the most seasoned at life. And they know that as we grow as individuals, sometimes you need to redefine yourself. And sometimes you need to come back to your core and to an anchor and to your center and start making decisions with a refreshed purpose. And so organizations go through the same thing. Sometimes they have to re-identify or re-establish or just have a reboot as they age. Yeah, as, you, as you're aware, our company has been kind of growing over the last year or so, and we've been adding a lot of new people. And I get a really great question from almost everybody that I talk to in the recruiting process. And they say, okay, I see that the company's going to grow. I'm excited about it. I want to be on board, but I really like the culture today. How are you going to maintain that culture as the company grows? And to me, this is the building block. This is the foundation. It's not the only thing we're going to do, but your good friend, Krisha told me that I've got a process culture. I got to find a way to process it. And to me, getting the values integrated into the organization as you said, in every aspect, whether it's onboarding, whether it's our training, whether it's our communication, performance reviews, 
we are hiring and firing to it, you know, that would be the highest level. But if that's into the organization, then we have this foundation that we can build from where it kind of maintains that high level of culture and accountability and healthy workplace environment that we want to create. Would you would you kind of agree that that is a great building block to start from to maintain the culture as we get bigger? Oh, absolutely. It's it's like your atoms, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to have those in place. And and to the people who say, well, I, we're going to grow and our culture is going to change and that makes me nervous. I like the way it is now. With these for, securely in place, um, it it will change, but not the way you think. So when people, when you're hiring people, subscribe to the values that you have currently and they like them and they don't want the culture to change, they want all this to stay the same, um, rest assured they're going to live out their values. You're going to showcase how people are living out their va- your values and celebrate that. Those examples might change as your organization gets larger, but the integral part of the value aspect is still there. So mm-hmm. the way you live them out might change, but the value is still there. And also those people who are coming in now they're going to grow too. So they're like, oh, the organization's going to grow. Wait, are you not going to grow as a person? You're going to grow along with it. In fact, if you're driving the growth of the organization, undoubtedly you will grow along with it. Yeah, yeah. So we talked about ways that we could integrate. How have you seen companies, do they just get done with the mission, vision, values, and they just put them on the wall and they just stop? Like, what are the things we we make sure we don't do? Like, what what are some negative things? Well, one thing, um, it, again, the number one thing to not do is to do nothing. <laughs> like, you know, you want to keep coming back to it. You want to keep educating your community on what it looks like to showcase these values. So one really great strategy is to talk about these values, not in, in a podcast, of course, as you're rolling them out, and people are getting used to them, but also to incorporate them, not just in the employee life cycle, but to keep going. So in your weekly team meetings. Right. Mm -hmm. To have an agenda bullet that's like a shout out to somebody who exemplified one of your values and to tell a story about it. Mm -hmm. You know, Um, another idea is to have quarterly value awards. So Mm -hmm. every quarter, six people are getting a value award and maybe there's like a financial stipend that comes with it or maybe it's just recognition and praise. Mm -hmm. Um, But making sure people remember these are our values. These are our values. Um, I think everybody in the organization needs to have um, a car- this card that you have so beautifully graphically designed mm-hmm. sitting on their desk um, so that they are constantly reminded of it. And another thing that really good organizations who are doing this well do is every year when they do their employee engagement survey, they're asking about their values. Are we living these out? Are we living this out? Because it's a way for them to um, assess how they're doing with regard to that. But also it's a it's another training tool to remind people these are our values. These are our values. How are we doing? Yeah. What, one thing I'm really excited about, Natasha, is we've been talking about like when the values are present and when and, and recognizing them and praising them and giving rewards and promotions, and we should do all that. But what I'm excited about, I know this may sound crazy, is identifying the absence of the value, right? The gaps within the organization where we're going to have some brave people come forward and say, you know, we talk a lot about teamwork, but, or we talk about respect, but I'm not feeling respect because of this. Or, you know, just, you could take all the, take all the values and, you know, you could pick one out and isolate it. But I, but I'm excited if that takes place. And I, and I'm, 
I'm going to encourage our team members through this podcast and continually encourage them that we're going to get better as an organization if you will voice the absence of value just as much as the presence of the value. I really like that so much. Um, and, and usually what we find is even in our personal lives, when we experience tension or angst or we're uncomfortable and unsettled or agitated in some sort of way with another human typically or with a situation is because there's a values rub or an absence of a value we hold dear. And so when you can do postmortems on events or meetings or quarterly um, you know, KPIs and look back and say, something went wrong, something went sideways, I'm not feeling good about the way the quarter went, what's happening? And you scan your values, you can usually point to one and say, hey, this is this isn't working the way we need it to work. Let's focus on that. Yeah, I, I would also think that when you're in times of right now, the mortgage business is is really challenging. And uh, I wouldn't say we're in a crisis, but we're certainly in a time of change, a ch- time of challenge. You know, how do these values serve as the principles for decision making, you know, for to maintain that stability and kind of that centered vision that, you know, we want to, we want to hit because we can easily get off course. Right. And then wake up, you know, three months, six months, a year from now. And we're like way off course over here when we we should stay here. You know, you're exactly right. And the way you described it way off course is exactly what happens when companies don't have strong values and they're not pushing them through day in and day out and thinking about them constantly, because this is the filter by which you make decisions, whether it's an acquisition, whether it's a hire, whether it's a new product, you know, making sure it's been done with the right level of integrity, drive, excellence, respect, teamwork, service. You put it through the test as a diagnostic tool. Do we go in this direction? Well, let's take a look at our values, right? Mm-hmm. Do we want to go with this partner, this vendor, this company, this human? Well, let's take a look at our values and see if it fits. And if you can, it's your prescription, you know, your preventative prescription. If you can stick to it um, and you know in your gut that these are the values that matter, then you are going to stay on the right course. Um, the mm-hmm. last thing you want to do in a crisis is spread yourself too thin and reach for too many, grasp at too many straws. You're never going to win. Yeah. When you were talking about the values at every stage of the uh, employee cycle, it really got me to thinking that values, the mission, vision, values work is really never done, right? <laughs> like we can we can have it done. It's defined, but it's just an ongoing work that we're constantly bringing back up to make us better as an organization, better as team members, better as leaders, better at everything. Yeah, you're always going to be questioning, um, you know, I see your mission is we strive to make the mortgage experience simple and enjoyable for everybody. I mean, every day you should say, was that simple? Was that enjoyable? Mm -hmm. Was that simple? Was that enjoyable? And if you're going home every day saying this is not simple nor enjoyable, (laughs) (laughs) well, then we still have more work to do. It's like, okay, well, let's, let's find a, let's find a way to make it simple. Let's find a way to make it enjoyable. That's what we're doing here. Yeah, well, we we definitely have lots of work to do. Some people would describe it as a a very tenuous pro, uh, process to get a mortgage, but uh, uh, we have our wins and we have our losses. But uh, we're certainly working every day to get better. Um, you know, as we close out uh, again, I, I, I thank you for coming on to the uh, podcast today. You've been doing this work a long time. Um, what are some of the like? You, you've been with some companies that I'm sure that live out their values. 
What are some common things you've seen in companies that have been doing this for three, five, seven, ten years that really have the values integrated into the organization? What's the difference in an organization like that and then an organization that's just kind of flying blind? Oh, that's a really great question. And I'm going to answer it um, in a simple and enjoyable way. Um, they, um, <laughs> they, uh, they, they pivot better. Hmm. Okay, so they're wow. more they're more agile and they pivot better, and they pivot more strongly and with more resilience than other companies. And if nothing else drives home the point of how important values and mission is, it's this. Uh, so, for example, my companies that I've been working with who are getting their values into place and they kind of had these underpinnings in place um, in 2019 did a lot better in 2020. Mm than others who did not have their base coat on. Mm -hmm. um, they were able to come to their employees and say, we want you to remember, no matter what, this is what we do and this is what we stand for. Now the circumstances are different. The way we go about doing this is gonna have, we're gonna have to pivot, but this is why we're pivoting in this direction. And this is why we're pivoting in this direction. And everybody is nodding in agreement saying, yes, that makes sense. You don't have to explain it further to me. Uh, so they were just, they were on stronger footing with, mm -hmm. um, and but it is because, again, back to how we started this conversation, if you have 17 people, 170 people, 1,700 people in a room, mm -hmm. that is not a team. That is right. 1,700 people in a room. Mm -hmm. How do you make them a team? Well, you have to wrap common language around them. You have to wrap common memories around them. You have to wrap common um, experiences around them and values and mission and celebration of those things and the repetition of that is a way to get people bonded together and all the oars moving in the same direction. So when, you know, um, I'm, I'm literally imagining 1700 people standing in a room and a crisis happens mm -hmm. and people just scatter and panic or you have 17 people, 1700 people in a room who are a team and a crisis happens and leader can say a couple of things and everyone knows what to do. Wow. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It, it seems like it would permeate, right? Like, and it would affect, you know, culture, performance, morale, morale. Uh, just, just all across the board, companies that have this framework in place that have really integrated it, just kind of have a step up and an advantage because they have this, I don't know, guardrails may not be the right word, but they have this framework in place that, that everybody's familiar with and, and understands. Uh, so you can imagine yeah. a new, um, a potential hire coming into your office and everyone speaking the same language and talking mm -hmm. about how good the, they'll ask questions about how good the company is. And they're going to tell stories and stories and stories. And if people are telling similar stories and leaning on similar language, the potential hire is going to be like, this place has really got their act together. This is a place I want to be involved. Um, it is, again, you started saying some people are going to think of this as like a yawn and something that goes up on a wall and, you know, this and that. But it, re it really is, uh, it really is so much more. And it can, in times of crisis, kind of dictate how well that company is going to do moving forward. Well, I appreciate your, I took down the notes really quick, the, the life cycle of an employee. I'm going to go back to our team 
and make sure that uh, we certainly have uh, adopted uh, on the onboarding process and the the uh, offer letter process, really getting our values up front. But I didn't think about these other areas. So uh, I really learned something there and I really appreciate that. And I uh, want to get that integrated into the organization. And I'm just excited. Uh, we've got these, these new values kicked off. Uh, thank you for doing the podcast. Um, I'm going to continue to talk about it, talk about it, talk about it. And then we'll wake up one day and hopefully every employee knows them inside and out and are living them out. Yeah, no, I'm excited for you. I'm excited to see you continue on this journey. I love that. Like you said, you've been in business for 21 years and now you're kind of re what we call reifying your values. And it's a great time mm-hmm. to do that. That's a normal organizational process to do at this um, inflection point. And I can't wait to see maybe come back a year from now and say, okay, how's it going? And to see some real wins that you've experienced as a result. I'm going to have you back on in a year and we're going to have stories for where these values are living out in the organization. How about that? I love it. That sounds great. Okay. Thank you so much, Natasha, for joining. Thank you, Keith.